0: this is february 7th and this is the bruins beat on clns media and welcome to the bruins beat on clns media my name is evan Marinofsky and today it is a solo show just you and me talking answering questions having a good time because connor is off having a great time in portugal which is a terrific all-star break vacation portugal beautiful place i'm sure he's having the time of his life maybe he found some dunks i think he needs dunks so if they don't have any dunks i don't know how he's surviving uh, but he is missing the bean pot. He's missing the first Monday of the bean pot, which has already happened uh, after you're listening. So I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm sure he's having just a great time uh, over in Portugal. Uh, and we are left here to freeze to death. If any of you, most of you, I imagine are from New England. The cold this past weekend. Ooh, ooh, very cold. Uh, was not that cold in Portugal like we had uh, predicted. Unpoked the bear. So lucky for him. Uh, so anyways, this is a... Solo episode, haven't done one of these in a while. I do like to do these during the season, so you can ask questions, we can kind of just chat, have an open conversation on all questions that you guys care about, Uh, and a lot of these questions have to do with the trade deadline, (laughs) as you can imagine. Uh, All-star game, we're not going to be talking about that much. Um, Didn't watch the game, I was at other games around here locally uh and then the skills competition i watched a little bit of it. the hardest shot they were hyping up ovechkin so hard and then he went and just didn't do what they thought he would i mean just didn't win wasn't it you know, wasn't as fast as they thought he would be i think he missed the first shot and then the first one didn't register and then the second one went it was whatever um i know the reaction to it everybody hated it um i have no real need for it i don't um wasn't all that interesting. So this will be no all-star game talk. I don't think any of you care, though. I don't think many of there were no all-star game questions. I don't think anyone really cares about it. Uh, so there will be nothing to do uh, with the ASG in this episode. So let's dive into the questions. Let's jump right in because uh, I know you guys like me to get right to the point, And I will uh, make sure to do that. Uh, Pay Pasternak on Twitter. Great username. <laughs> Bruins should do that. Uh, do you think DeBrusque slots right back in on the first line when he returns to game action? Yes. Uh, I don't think there's any question he does. Um, when you really look at it, uh, Martian and Bergeron are actually at their best when DeBrusque is next to them. The, the advanced analytics actually show, I believe they're not to, you know, get this too analytics heavy, but their Corsi 4 per 60 as a, as a, as a trio is right around 72, which is very good with, out to Brusque. It's around like 68, which again, is not that big of a difference, but they are better with the Brusk. Brusk also provides, and we've talked about this a little bit um, on these podcasts is he provides the grease. He, you know, when you, when you can't score the skill goal, when you're not going to snipe one past the goalie or, you know, with a beautiful passing play, he's great. Like in the winter classic driving to the net, jamming in a rebound, you know, getting a dirty goal. That's what he's perfect for. And that's what they need. Like Craig Smith, can slot up there in a pinch and do okay. It's been a weird year for Smith. Hasn't really worked with Montgomery. Again, I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but Craig Smith, again, a guy who, you know, is a high volume shooter. Montgomery's not a high volume shot coach. They want to kind of find the best place to take a shot, get to those high danger areas. Craig Smith really isn't about that. And that's why it really hasn't worked out this year. And, um, you know, a guy I know, you know, they placed on waivers. They thought, You know, maybe you could get something for at the deadline. I don't think you're getting much for Craig Smith at the moment. Um, But back to DeBrusque again, Craig Smith can slot up there if need be. Taylor Hall's okay up there. But again, Taylor Hall's an interesting one because Taylor Hall's better as a depth guy. Like, and we've seen that this year. Like when you can, when you can deploy Taylor Hall on the third line, which is still crazy, but when you can roll him out there on the third line with Coyle and Frederick, It's a completely different – it's a three-headed monster in a sense, right? Like in the regular season, putting Taylor Hall on the first line for a couple games is fine. But when you get to the playoffs and you get into the matchups, right, and teams are shutting down other teams' top lines, if you're playing even Carolina and the Aho line takes out the Bergeron line or they kind of even each other out, when you can say, all right, you know, we're going to put out (laughs) Taylor Hall against your third or fourth line – it's it's a big advantage. And I think being able to have Taylor Hall down on that third line is a bigger advantage than having Jake DeBrusque down in that third line uh, because, you know, Taylor Hall drives the play. Uh, and I think, you know, DeBrusque is a guy who compliments Bergeron and, De- and, and Marshhand well. Um, so I expect him to be back up there. Um, they need him back. But again, it, it speaks to their depth, which we'll get to later in this episode when we talk trades. It speaks to their depth that, you know, uh, they can have, they can kind of figure out there. They have enough pieces there where it's like, you know, do you want Zaka on the second line? Do you want Hall? Do you want Debrusque? Like it's a good problem to have. Uh, where it's like, oh, you know, let's put Taylor Hall in the third line. I think, you know, preseason, if you said, oh, Taylor Hall's in the third line, you'd think, oh God, like what what happened? Like what, what happened to him? But it's worked out great. And it's worked out well. Um, and I think he, I think Debrusk slots back in um on that first line. And as I said, they they need it. They they really need it. Uh, someone else asked. Let's find the question. Uh Gra- Grammy the deal. I can't pronounce that. Um replied, besides your season prediction for the final, as of this moment, who would the Bruins play in the cup final and who wins the con Smythe? Okay, so preseason, I had Bruins Wild. I'll, you know, and the Wild got off to a very slow start this year, but they're back in the in the thick of things. They're back in the playoff picture. Uh, I believe I'm pulling up the standings. Now they are in third in the central. So they're, they're in, they'd play like Winnipeg in the first round right now. Uh, but obviously I don't expect that to stand. It, it, the, the West is close. The, like the, it's funny. All the really good teams are in the East this year, which is just great for the Bruins who want to go win, you know, one, you know, the last dance Stanley cup type of thing. Um, but Minnesota's in, I mean, I look, I think Minnesota still has the capabilities to play the Bruins in the, in the cup final to get there. I think the West, cause it's a weird year. I mean, the stars are in the jets are kind of the two top teams. Um, both have elite goalies, like terrific starting goalies. You know, you saw Ottinger last year against the flames in the playoffs. who's was money. Um, I think it's absolutely possible that those two goalies carry their teams through. This feels like a year though, where a lower seeded team kind of shimmies their way up. Um, you know, is that, Calgary. I mean, Calgary kind of scares me. I'll be honest. Like, you know, Daryl Sutter's a good coach. That's a heavy team. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, Markstrom and net, I think that's a good team. I know they haven't been as good as people thought they would be this year, but I do think that if they squeak in, they're going to make noise. Um, and they have the capabilities to really, um, produce results. And it wouldn't surprise me if they got all the way to the Stanley cup final and they're a heavy team. That's the other problem. They're a heavy team, which in the playoffs typically do all right. Um, Colorado is really banged up, you know, had a cup run last year. I, I don't see them doing it again this year. Um, Edmonton still has holes. Um, Vegas is an interesting one with Cassidy. Obviously that would be um, a lot of storylines there. I think Bruins fans would be kind of torn because they don't want to fully rip Cassidy and root against it. But they obviously want the hometown Bruins to win. Um you know, LA is a team some people have circled as kind of a sleeper. Seattle is good. I, I don't expect them to go all the way, though. Um, again, kind of a younger team. They haven't really had any. They have, they haven't had any deep playoff runs as a team. Um, so again, I don't look at them as a team that um, that gets all the way there. Uh, Dallas and Winnipeg again, I- interesting teams. But uh, you know, I know that they. You want me to do someone new? I'm still going to say Minnesota. I still have the Bruins winning. My other team would be Calgary, even though they're not even in the playoff pictures of recording this on Monday morning. Um, So I will go with, with those two teams, but I would mainly say Minnesota. I still think a Minnesota Boston final would be, uh, that'd be Spokesy's that'd be Spokesy's Spokes- worst nightmare. Uh, but I also think it'd be an interesting one. Mark Andre, and net um, Capri Kaprizov first poster two of the league's best young stars. Um, So I think that'd be a really interesting one. And con Smythe, I would go with Lena Olmark. I, I still have the Bruins winning, so I'm gonna obviously go that the you know the winner, the winning team, as the winning player for the consummate. I, I will say Lena Solmark. Uh, my secondary would be like Patrice Bergeron. I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end of the year when we made our predictions, uh, I had said how it would kind of be like everything would go right for the Bruins throughout the playoffs. Now th- it's gone everything right in the, in the regular season. We didn't have that, but in the postseason. You know, I do think things are going to continue to go right for them. That's my prediction. So, you know, what better than having Patrice Bergeron win as con Smythe and potentially walk off into the sunset? But again, is it his last year? You know, it doesn't feel like his last year. It doesn't seem like his last year. is isn't playing like it's his last year. So, um, and that's something I imagine we'll get into later in, in episodes later, later on uh, as the season goes along. I don't want to focus too much on that. No questions on that either, which I was... Kind of surprised by. So, yeah, I would say those are the ones. The West is weird, though, as I said, just teams kind of all over the place. Um, and everyone's tight. No one's, you know, incredible. We are slowly moving towards uh, more and more trade deadline questions. Uh, and what better to pick it up with this? Uh, Eddie Ray asked, aside from the obvious candidates, 88, 63, 37, 46, etc. Are there any roster pieces that you could see being non-starters for the Bruins at the trade deadline? Uh, I say trade everybody. Trade everybody except for those four. Trade everybody. McAvoy, Lindholm, trade them all. Mark, get pieces, get Bedard. No, obviously I'm kidding. It's going to get clipped, and someone's going to be like, everyone wants to, the Bruins trade everybody. Um, I think you can make a case that the whole roster it might be non-starters, um, and here's why. And I, I know people, you know, there's been a lot of talk recently of should the Bruins trade Carlo? Should the Bruins look to upgrade Grislyk? Um, Should the Bruins trade Trent Frederick? Uh, and it's all legitimate, except Carlo. I Carlo, I I still don't like the idea that you're most likely trading Carlo for a forward. So then on your right side, you have McAvoy, Clifton, and, like, what, Connor Carrick, Jacob Saboro. Like, that doesn't move the needle for you. And you're not, like, trading Brandon Carlo for a better shutdown right-shot defenseman. Um, like, you wouldn't do th- – and, and, like, Luke Shen isn't, but you wouldn't trade, like, Carlo for Luke Shen. So, I, I like, the Carlo trade talk, I don't really understand. Because, like, what's your, what's your next plan? How are you filling in his hole he's leaving in the lineup? I don't get it. Um, and Connor and I talked about this recently with Carlo. You just don't, like – <laughs> you need him in the playoffs as a shutdown right shot defender. You need him. And obviously you notice when he messes up. You saw that on the the most recent road trip before the all-star game. Like you notice it, but when he plays well, you don't really notice it. He's like a lineman. You know, we used to say this about Zaboral back in the day, what he needed to be, what Carlo already is, is he's a, like a lineman. You, you, you notice him when he messes up. You don't notice him when he plays well. So um, they need him for the postseason. I don't understand the whole trade him, upgrade him, Again, if you you don't really need a top six forward. And even if you did, you're you're gonna create a hole for yourself by taking him out of the dressing room. Not to mention that guys like him and he's a valued member of this team, and so is the entire team. This is a very close-knit group. This is a super close-knit group. I think that's one thing that you know Bruin's general manager Don Sweeney has to kind of have in his head when he's going into these trade talks and these trade, you know, um engagements with these other teams, that you don't want to mess up the soccer room. This team's on a run, and aside from this, you know, aside from the road trip right before uh the All-Star break, they've been the best team in the league by far. You don't want to mess that up, and, you know, again, like, let's say they did, obviously they didn't, but let's say they did, like, go and get Tr- Bo and they dealt, I don't know, Trent Frederick for him, along with a bunch of other things, or even, like, a Pavel Zaka, right? Let's say they did that, right? He might be an upgrade on paper, but you're introducing a new guy to that locker room and taking out a guy who has worked so far. So, again, I look at that, and I just – i the, the disrupting chemistry aspect scares me. It does. It does. And, again, unless it's a real upgrade, like you look at Eric Halla for Pavel Zaka, right? Now, that's a different situation. That was the offseason. Um, but that was a clear upgrade. Like, you clearly got a better player in return. Those, those one-for-one deals don't usually happen, and trust me, they won't be happening at this trade deadline, Teams are going to be nickel and diming you like crazy for the best possible players as they do every year, as they should. But again, I just look at, I look at this roster and I say, well, you know, I guess if you package Trent Frederick, you'd probably have to, to get, um, you know, a top six forward or package Pavel Zaka. Um, but again, you know, you're taking out a part of the roster. Uh, I don't know if you, you love that. Um, obviously, I mean, aside from the, the ones, Eddie, that you mentioned, you know, like you're not trading McAvoy or Lindholm, um, or Olmark. Swayman's one that people always kind of throw out there, but you know, he's a goalie of the future. You know, you, it's very hard to get a good young goalie. Why immediately trade him? <laughs> I mean, just look at Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask got behind Thomas for a few years before assuming the starting role. I mean, I, I, it's good to keep him on the books. Um, and it's good to keep him, you know, in the, in the dressing room. He's also really good. He's really good, so um, I would say those are the ones. But again, I, I would has I would want to say you don't really want to trade anybody um, off the roster. I know people are going to say, well, you want to upgrade, don't you? Yes, but you don't necessarily have to. And if like we'll t- get into guys later, different names that were asked about. But again, I, I it's not just going to be like Trent Frederick. Like it wouldn't have been like just. Pavel Zaka for Bo Horvat it would have been Pavel Zaka plus a first and you know Fabian Lysel, let's say or Mason Lowry or you know whatever it is so you're giving up a player on this roster and a future I don't know I mean again I I talked about Lysel recently um on this podcast um you know we discussed him and kind of I don't know do, do is he truly untouchable I don't think he is I think there's a case to be made that if the right deal comes along, you trade him. But I think things are going so well. As we said, it's like a game of Jenga, right? You take out Zaka. Is the whole thing going to collapse? Is the locker room going to be mad? Like you have to consider all these things. So um, I would make the case that Maybe the whole roster is untradable. That's on the you know that that's it plays every night. That plays every obviously like Craig Smith or something. You know, again, you're not getting much for him. But um so yeah, I again people are gonna criticize that. I understand it. Um, but that's what I think. I think that you know, you have to be very wary of um disrupting the locker room and you know, keeping the chemistry together. Bruins Beat is brought to you by HelloFresh. When it's time for the game, home gate like a pro with a limited time winning assortment of snacks, appetizers, and shareable sweets available at HelloFresh Market. Treat friends and fans to delicious barbecue baby back ribs, chocolate chip brownies, and everything in between. We all want to save money this time of year, but did you know that HelloFresh helps you save money all year round? In fact, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper then take out fast and fresh recipes. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernier sauce or Southwest pork and bean burritos. Recently, I got shipped one of my favorites, one pan mango salsa, pork tacos with cilantro and sour cream. And it as, as good as it sounds. I love tacos, and with the fresh ingredients sent to me, it was a delicious dinner. I'll 100% be doing it again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 65 and use code Brewin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 65 and use code Brewin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, back to the show. So... Uh, right back into it. Right back into the trade deadline convos. Um, we'll start. with, let's see. We'll start with uh, Chikrin. So, man on on Twitter uh, tweeted: Did Jacob Chikrin delete all the Coyote stuff off his Instagram because he's meeting Connor in Lisbon? It's a great question. Maybe he is. Maybe he is doing that. Maybe that's why Connor's over in Portugal because he's he's going to convince Jacob Chikrin to come to the Bruins for like nothing. Um, but I want to actually use this as a jumping off point. Um, oh, someone actually also asked. Mister Antisocialite uh, asked, "When is Connor's return flight? I want to plan my pasta resigns announcement party." No, see, they're gonna that's it's gonna happen while he's in the air, as you know. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll get the party going when it come, when he comes back. Uh, you know, when he when all that news breaks on his uh, plane ride home, we'll all discuss it and have fun and have a big party for it. But uh, back to Chikrin. Chikrin's an interesting one. I feel like he's been on the trade block like for a decade. I feel like been forever. Uh, that we've been talking about Jacob tricker. And I feel like it's like a, uh, an annual tradition at this point that we just kind of discuss it every year at the, at the deadline. Cause he's on such a team friendly deal uh, 4.6 million average annual value for this season. And two more crazy six foot two, I believe he's 24 years old. Um, So I will admit, I will admit I have not watched a ton of Arizona coyote games this season. I have not. Crazy thing to admit. I know. I know. Maybe you think, oh, I've been lost all his legitimacy because of that. Um, no, it's okay. I, don't, I know you don't think that, but I was reading up on uh, Chikrin and uh, I, I was reading a story done by Frank Sarah at the daily face off um, where he kind of gives a scouting report. He gives teams that would be interested. The Bruins were not on that list. Uh, this was back on like January 11th. He wrote this. I don't think enough has changed in that time that the Bruins would now be on that list. Um, but you know, there's a scouting report, and there's potential things you get in return. So, uh, the thing on Chikrin is again, he's a he's a second pair defenseman, um, offensive guy with a lot of tools, but the hockey IQ wasn't always there. You know, that's a, a little bit of a worry with him. Um, again, I'm not trying to like over like he's a terrific defenseman, great, you know, second pair on a really good team, um, but just what you know Frank wrote and what the scouts are saying uh, in that story. Uh, you know, struggles to make plays under pressure, things like that. I think ultimately he probably would be a fine fit in the, in the, in Jim Montgomery system as an, you know, active D jumping up in the play a lot, Um, you know, making plays in the ozone, getting shots through. He's very good at that. So I think he would like in the lineup be a fit. <laughs> I mean, again, like just think in terms of a top four of, you know, let's say, um, you know, let's say even, okay. Uh, Lindholm and McAvoy, Carlo, Chickren and Carlo, or Chickren and McAvoy, Lindholm and Carlo, whatever, right? You can make it work. Um, but it's going to take something to get him. And if this was last year, Chickren would have made sense. Like you needed a top four slash top pairing left shot defenseman, but you already went out and got that in Hampus Lindholm. You also have Matt Grizzlick who went with Charlie McAvoy is a sure top four defenseman. Now, again, in the playoffs, you know, do you maybe want um, a bigger top four defenseman? Okay. Sure. I guess. But again, to me, I just, you know, you have something there with Grizzlick already. Um, and to, and also with Chikrin and, and Sarah Valley was getting into this, it would take again, high round picks plus a grade A prospect. <clears throat> so, this is not a need. You don't need this. It's a, I mean, if you can upgrade... The reality is, if you can upgrade Grizzlick with Chikrin, yeah, that's a big upgrade, like, clearly. But is it worth the price? So let's let's discuss this. Let's get into it. I don't think the Bruins are going to do this. I don't think the Bruins will get in on Chikrin. I guess I'll preface it with that. But I will say that let's just discuss it for the sake of discussing it. It's just us. We're having fun, right? Remember? So, okay. High round picks. Well, Bruins would probably want to make their first round pick this year. They've certainly missed many first round picks in the past couple of years. So you probably want to make that pick, but okay. You put a first in there plus a grade a prospect. So that's either Lysel or low rye. Um, if you want to throw low in there, then I guess it kind of makes sense, right? Cause you're, you're trading, um, you know, low projects is probably a, you know, NHL left shot defenseman, um, In this deal, if if, let's say the deal, and I don't think, I think it would take a little more than this, but let's say like you traded your 2023 first plus low rye and maybe throw another prospect in, or, I mean, the other thing is you're missing your second round pick this year and next year. You dealt that for Hampus Lindholm. So are you going to go even further in the future? Are you going to, um, trade another top prospect in this deal? Um. So again, if it's, if it's, if you're trading, you know, essentially uh low rye and a first for Chikrin, I, I don't think that's horrible. I mean, I, it's not a need. You're just kind of solidifying. Okay. Uh, you know, speaking from the Bruins perspective, you know, we have now a really stout top four, which you already kind of have. Lindholm is a number one defenseman on most teams. McAvoy is your number one, you know, elite tier defenseman, um, You know, Carlo's a great shutdown guy, Grizzly, good puck mover, you know, all those things. You have that. You also have Derek Forbert as a good shutdown defenseman on the third pairing. Um, So, again, I don't know. This isn't a need, but if you really wanted to, and also if you wanted to kind of do an arms race thing where, you know, Toronto could certainly use Chikrin. And it wouldn't surprise me if they were, t- or to, you know, another East team got Chikrin. And also there's no pressure, by the way, for the Coyotes to move him because he still has two years left on that deal. So they can keep listening offers. They can wait for the best possible one, which is why other teams have more to give. You don't have as much. So again, like if no other team, if, if, if this was like a Taylor Hall type thing where like Chikrin said, no, I only want to go to Boston, which I, I don't believe he can. His 10 trade um, list, his 10 team trade list doesn't kick in until July 1st, I believe. So they don't even have that. I don't even have like the oh I only want to go to Boston like they can really deal him wherever, um so again I is it worth is it worth giving those uh, giving up a someone like a low rye and a first maybe but other teams are gonna oh, outdo that so then you you know you're you're extending even more for something you don't even really need um you know and as, as I said you can maybe get into the whole arms race thing of you know oh good we you know we we took him from the Maple Leafs but. That's a dangerous thing to do to give up future for that. Now, if you want a cup, it doesn't matter, right? Like if you want a cup, it, it all goes out the window. Like it's worth it. Um, that's why, you know, like a team like St. Louis can't get bashed for trading Tage Thompson because they got Ryan O'Reilly who led them to a Stanley cup. So, you know, all is well, but um, I do think it is slippery. So yeah, I don't think they'll do anything with Chikrin. Um It's not a huge need, but if they did, that would probably be how it would go down. Uh, but again, my prediction is they probably don't. Not saying they, you know, won't, but my guess is they probably, um, they probably don't. So interesting stuff though. Interesting stuff with, with Chikrin. Um, It's a valid question because again, he's the Bruins needed a top four defenseman for a long time. They got Lindholm last year. So kind of put all that stuff away. Um, But it also shows the Bruins have a lot of depth, as I've said a zillion times now um, that, you know, they can go out. And kind of do these things and, and upgrade at certain positions um, if they really, really wanted to. Um, lastly, last question. Dexter Hornsby asked, is there any chance they trade for Timo Meyer? Um, this is another one I say probably not. Again, I think the Bruins are going to be my deadline prediction is they end up um you know adding a depth forward and a depth defenseman. It won't be flashy, it won't be a big name. Um, it's gonna be someone that solidifies, you know, if someone goes down with an injury, they can pop right in. Um, which I think is, which is, you know, very valid um to have. Uh so I I will say that. Um as for Timo Meyer, I don't think they end up doing that. Um again, this is a guy who now that Horvat's off the market, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of teams in on Timo Meyer. Um, I mean, the Hurricanes could be on him. The Rangers are kind of the number one team right now, I believe. Um, there's a lot of Eastern teams in on him. The Devils could be another. He's a left wing. $6 million cap hit, a pending RFA, do a $10 million qualifying offer. A um, lot of teams interested. Price going to be really high. Again, just like I kind of mentioned um, with, with uh, Chikrin. And again, you're full of top six wingers. <laughs> you don't need one. Um, You don't need to overextend. Obviously you want to bolster up for the, for the cup hundred percent. That's why you go out and get depth pieces Um, going out and getting a top of the line left winger and giving a ton of money to him. Most likely you don't need that. You know, you have uh, Brad Marchand, you have hopefully David Pasternak locked up for a lot of years after this year, you have Taylor Hall locked in for a while. You have Jake DeBrusque. Um, you also have Fabian Lysel in the system. Like you have enough top six wings that you don't need to go out and get one. Um, you also have Pavel Zaka, who's playing in the top six as a wing right now. So you're fine. You don't need Timo Meyer. Um, and, uh, I don't think they end up doing that. I think again, one of the benefits to the, for the Bruins is, as I said, they have the depth, so they don't have to overextend themselves for a guy like Chikrin or a guy like Timo Meyer. Um, If they fully believe that that puts them in a better spot for the cup, so be it. But again, I don't know if you want to completely sacrifice the future for that. Um, You know, again, I, I talked about Lysel, I believe it was last week. Interesting case considering, you know, there's, um, they, they have the top six wings in the already on the roster that, you know, you could probably deal Lysel and be okay, um, But again, that would really only in my eyes be for like a center that you could lock up long-term like, but Horvat was risky because he's overperforming so much this year. Um, But he's a good, he's a perfect candidate for like, if you traded Lysel and some others for, um, for Horvat and get a center, which solidifies a long-term need and lock him up long-term, but interesting stuff all around. Always fun. Uh, I haven't, there's no one on here. So Connor doesn't, you know, go obviously Connor is over at boston.com, but um, I don't really plug in New- the New England hockey journal a lot, but we're doing really good work over there uh, following along with hockey all over the region. It's a lot of fun. We've been, I've been having a great time uh, going around to lots of rinks, watching lots of games, lots of future potential NHL players here and there. Maybe uh, definitely lots of college players, which has been, or future college players, which has been really fun, I'm telling great stories, having lots of fun over there. So make sure to go subscribe over at New England hockey journal. We're having a you know good time. And um It's been fun. It's been a fun season. Uh, Anyways, that is this week's Bruins Beat. I hope you enjoyed. We'll do these. Maybe we'll do one of these at the end of the season again. Uh, You know, we'll do one when we we have to, and we'll do some more questions. I imagine there will be lots of questions at the end of the season. Uh, But at any rate, that has been this week's Bruins Beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week.